Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of Hands Up, the education podcast that takes a light-hearted look at all the quirks that make being a teacher, an educator or just part of a school a truly unique experience. My name's Jordan Firth, I'm a Year 2 teacher and I'm joined remotely by fellow teacher, co-host and co-creator, Mark Tomlinson. Hello Jordan. In this episode, Mark will be looking at Breakfast Club in his famous fictional school. I'll count down the politics of one of the most common primary school activities, lining up. <laughs> and for our teacher talking point, we're discussing your stories about show and tell. It's great to have you with us, so sit down, cross your legs off, make sure your chair's tucked in. Four legs, Mark, and let's get started. How's it going, Mark? Yeah, okay, thank you for asking, Jordan. Tired. Don't know about yes. you, but um, I feel as if, don't know about your class, sorry, but I feel as if my class are ready for half term two weeks before half term. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Mm. It's felt like a bit of a a bit of a slog. I tweeted earlier, actually, a clip of uh, Ian Beale on the on EastEnders. Mm. What I'll do is I'm, I'm, I'll, <laughs> I'll clip the audio <laughs> from it into the podcast so everyone yeah. can hear, but um, it basically <laughs> how I feel right now. <laughs> He's saying, yeah, he's basically saying he's got he's got nothing left. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Ian. <laughs> to, to be honest, I don't feel too bad, but I think the children, I think, are struggling a little. I think they, I think because they've had such a long time away from yeah. school, I think yeah. it's been a bit of a culture shock for them coming back. And so, yeah, so I think they're ready, ready for a, for a holiday. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um Right, well, I'm, go- I'm going to keep up with the theme of updating you on last week's podcast. Um, yes. I'm quite enjoying this. Yeah. Sort of like re- it's like reviewing the last set of minutes from our previous year group meeting. Yes, um, good. Except like that, the difference, yeah. yeah, the difference here is it's not totally pointless. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> now that's I'm talking about my meetings that I lead just in case anyone from school's listening that, yeah. that's having a dig at, at my eager meetings um now I got a bit cross last week didn't I Mark yes. um with with our listeners when I asked about stories they had about class pets and a few of them replied not a class pet but <laughs> and uh, well that wasn't what I asked, was it? And uh, and then teacher's manual at unofficial OA said that he kept snakes and he's got loads of great stories. And then someone replied saying, tell them. Yeah. No response. Uh, so he, he did the Twitter equivalent of leaving us hanging for a high five. Uh, but he's been in touch since. And uh, and he, he responded saying, oh, dear, I thought you'd DM me if you wanted to hear them. Um <laughs> So he said the snakes get fed a frozen mouse every week. And a couple of schools ago, he put the mouse on an NQT's laptop while she was away. <laughs> he said you should have seen a reaction when she got back. Um, he also sent me a video, which we have retweeted from the Hands Up uh, Twitter account of his colleague sort of getting the snake out in front of a member of, of staff. And then when she runs away, he swoops in and steals all the glue sticks, <laughs> which is good. It's paid for itself already. Um <laughs> And it does also add that the school he was at gave them all £300 to do up their rooms Mm. and he spent it on the snake. (laughs) He said the head didn't know because he didn't ask and he didn't (laughs) tell him. So uh, he just showed up with it. 
um, which is bold, isn't it? Uh, did he did he show did he show up with it at school with it with it around his neck? <laughs> I had love that. Oh, just oh, really like casually, yeah. not not mentioning it. Yeah, just around his neck. Oh, with yeah. a lot with a laundry basket and uh, a little <laughs> flute. <laughs> put it in the corner of the classroom and then played his flute as the snake came out. <laughs> um, we've been given an ever so slightly larger classroom budget this year, mm. uh, haven't we, Mark? Yeah. So get get yourself an exotic pet. Ah, uh, yeah, I might do. Follow just in his that. footsteps. Don't ask. Just yeah. just get one. Yeah, I yeah, might. We'll never know. Just that. Yeah. What should I get? What, uh, a sloth. A classroom. Well, we discussed sloth. this last week. Last week on the podcast, I said to you, Mark, have you ever uh, considered getting a class yeah. pet? And you just went, No, no. I've, but <laughs> since then, he's, he's he's kept me awake of an evening. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and a short list of a sloth, uh, yeah. a blue-tongued skink, and one of those Akito fighting dogs <laughs> from Japan. I'm not sure your 150 pound class budget is going to stretch to any of those. <laughs> uh, I'm Unless you go catch to, one, guess we we'll steal one from me out of a back garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at my top five then for this week and. This week, I thought I'd look at something that we see well, countless times a day in schools, the line, lining up, the, the best possible way to organise moving your children from one place to the other. But actually, they're complex beasts, aren't they, these yeah. lines? They almost become their own entity. Children cease being individuals and become the line. And... There's a lot of politics involved within it as well. So I thought I'd take a closer look and count down some of the things you always see when you ask the age-old question of the children. Please, can you line up? Hi. You get the first initial rush, the clamour, the stampede of a small group of children all pushing each other out the way like a, <laughs> like a group of Americans desperate to get $10 off a $2,000 TV on Black Friday in Walmart. <laughs> but they're not racing for cut-price electricals. Oh no, they're after something much more prestigious being at the front of the line <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny, I, I knew I was doing this um, this top five today and, and I watched my class today just sort of observing and see if what I've written kind of is true and um, there was a boy you know forcing his way to the front and he, he, he got there first you know for, so fair enough out we went to playtime all walking sensibly out onto the playground and he got to the playground like he's really chuffing himself got to the playground first turned around and then sort of realised ah I'm on my own. <laughs> they had to stand there for two minutes because his mates were at the back. So <laughs> I guess uh, it's lonely at the top. <laughs> or at the front. You've had the initial rush. And within that initial rush, some members have accepted that they're not going to be first, but they still want that near the front of the line status. And what cry are you going to hear as they're all fighting for their place? That's right. He's pushed in. <laughs> And what, and what I love about this, you know, a while back there was this big push on the, on teaching British values. Yeah. Well, there's not much, there's nothing more British than being annoyed that someone's not queuing up properly. Is <laughs> <laughs> there? <laughs> Start them young. <laughs> and then, and then with the rest of you, you kind of just got the stragglers at the end, making your line look like a piece of thread that's been frayed at the ends they're not bothered about the status in fact no. we're not really bothered about anything least of all where you're about to go like in the line they want no part of it and you know what i can kind of relate 
street. For the most part, my class are relatively well trained and I'm usually happy to just let them line up. I'll tell them to line up and they'll go and do it. I trust them. But every now and again, or well, maybe every day, depending on the type of teacher you are, there'll be a point and every teacher's done it where you go, no, 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 no. You know better. You know how to line up. You've been in this school now for, and insert any length of time here, from six months to six years, and you know better than that. Try it again. The trying again. This time, you're using behaviour management techniques. Oh, yes. I remember my teacher training. I'm going to get them to line up in tables. Here we go. Right. Red table. Show me how smartly you can line up. And off they go. Fingers on lips. Oh, yeah, very good. And you'll declare, won't you, how well that first table lined up. And then you'll offer a challenge, won't you, to the next table. Let's see if you can do it better. And that first table's like, oh, I didn't know we were setting the bar. Uh, But anyway, off they go. The next table and the next and the next. And after each and every one, you just go, right, good. Let's see if the next table can do better without at any point letting them know if they have, in fact, done it better. (laughs) And don't forget to remind them at the end, this is how we should always line up. Congratulations, you've perfected the line. Now comes the easy bit, moving them. Oh, wait, no, because the second the line starts moving, it starts to fall to pieces, a little like your patience towards the end of this term. This is where the line truly comes into its own and becomes its own sort of separate entity. You may as well be trying to manoeuvre a stack of 30 trolleys around those windy school (laughs) corridors. In fact, that would probably be easier. Do you remember the rumour that um, if you cut a worm in half, it it becomes two worms? Yeah. Well... That's not true for worms, but it's kind of true for your lines. And why has your line been decapitated? Well, not because a child has rode a bike over the top of it, like what might happen to our slimy little invertebrate friends. No, it's because one child is facing the complete opposite (laughs) direction. And it's taken at least three people in the line to tell them with exasperated expression, MOVE! The line is a tool in every teacher's arsenal, a behaviour management technique that's probably been around for as long as we've had schools, their own beasts, their own entities, quite often with a mind of its own. But every experienced teacher will tell you, you can never truly control the line, you can only temporarily tame it. (laughs) Let's look at our teacher talking point this week then, and last week we were talking about class pets, and... As I got the replies, there were quite a few mentions of show and tell and people bringing in animals or giving them stories of animals. Um, someone replied saying they had one child who brought in their cat's ashes to show and tell <laughs> mm-hmm. and another who brought in, and she sent a picture of it, this this big puffer fish, like a real puffer fish, like dried out, with, but with googly eyes stuck on, <laughs> this kid brought in. Honestly, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I'll try to eat it out. Um, so I thought... Well, I'll ask the question. I'll ask you, the listeners, for your stories specifically about show and tell. Um, but before before we start, Mark, yeah. what about you? Are you a are you a fan of of show and tell? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Is any teacher is any teacher a fan of show and tell? I don't know. Are they? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. No, I know the children love it and all that, but I find it. Yeah. Um, I think the issue with it is, to be honest, it's not about what the children show or indeed what the children tell. It's when 
you offer out um, any questions? Any questions for Jack about his, you know, his um, football stickers? Um, and the questions go along the lines of, do you like them? <laughs> How many have you got? Where did you get them from? Do you like them? Um, Who got so, you it? Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. is, yeah. Especially when, it, and it can be applied to anything. Do you like it? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. <laughs> For well, anything. Um, for, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely anything. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure, as we'll probably soon. Soon see. Um, let's have a look then at some of the responses we got. Uh, George at Mister A at Mister B underscore ABC says, "Not quite a show and tell, but right." I'm sick of this. <laughs> this happened last week. Tell me about your class bets. Well, not a class bet, but tell me about show and tell. Well, not a show and tell, but <laughs> that wasn't what I asked. <laughs> Our listeners are like, you know, when you ask a question, like. Who can tell me a six-sided shape? And someone puts their hand up yeah, really eagerly and they'll go something like, it was my cat's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what they're doing. That's all you're doing when you reply to me with that. <laughs> you, you, know, you know, you and I were talking off air before we started uh, recording about Alan Partridge and the Alan pra- Partridge podcast. And he has a yeah. nemesis called High Noon. I yeah. think you have your very own high noon. I think they must have listened to the podcast last week and heard your little rant about, well, you know, <laughs> if it's not about a class pet, then why are you tweeting me? I think they're going to do this for every teacher talking point now. <laughs> okay. Everyone. Just to wind you up so you have a little rant, and then your rants will get increasingly more vitriolic, won't they? <laughs> I promise not to do what Alan does and go and... <laughs> Track your IP address down and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have, have you checked that it's not the same Twitter account? Giving... I haven't. No, I'm I'm so, I'm so blinded by the rage <laughs> the that rage. sweeps over oh, me brilliant. just by reading the first sentence that I've not looked. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> at Mister B underscore ABC says not quite a show and tell, but a child in another class brought their Cypriot grandfather in to talk about Greece, where his granddaughter thought he was from. <laughs> Um, Vic Alloway says um, in quotation marks stretchy lights up when you hit it donut tie and then in brackets she's put aka dad's (laughs) ring do you like it (laughs) (laughs) um a few like this at Jacku sixty nine says mummy's massager. Um, <laughs> what her actual masseur? Did she bring? Did they bring a guy in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He comes round to mummy's house yeah. and daddy's not there <laughs> yeah. to relieve her stress. <laughs> and she's in a lot of stress. You can tell because of the noises she's making. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mr. Smith said, um, I once had a child's parent bring a new toy bought that morning for a child to show. He had no idea what it was. <laughs> oh, guy, show and tell this morning. Right, uh, let's buy you something from the shop. The kids just stood there like, I don't actually know. <laughs> Never seen it before in my life. <laughs> um, at Gareth K007 said that a pencil case that was a vibrator. Um, at a pencil case needs- that was a vibrator? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't quite... What? 
get that. I'm wondering <laughs> how many pencils you're going to fit in there. <laughs> in the most practical place to store your pencils. <laughs> so was it was it shaped like a vibrator? Yeah, I'm, or shaped like a pencil case. Like a pencil case. There's, a, there's, there's a another pen. tweet that requires more um, detail. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure how much I want to know. Firstly, <laughs> um, um, at Anita Amit one says, um, "One boy in year two was thrilled to tell me about his relatives getting out of jail party." <laughs> <laughs> Cue lots of questions about what he was sentenced for. And again, there's ended the tweet there. Come on, I mean, yeah. I, I understand totally why the kids were asking that. I think as a teacher, I'd have been like, so. <laughs> So, so what did he do? What did he do? Why did Uncle Jack just go out of prison? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, at Rosanna McGee says, end of a used condom found outside, one as a bracelet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'd rather have one of them than those awful loom band bracelets that were <laughs> oh, all God. the rage a few years ago when we used to have Maybe... kids handing them to us every day. Made you this, Mr. Tomlinson. Great. <laughs> Great, thank you. Maybe you could start a trend. A <laughs> I'm going to set up an Etsy account. <laughs> um, at Mr. J Littlewood says, uh, most dangerous was a World War II gas mask, asbestos and all. Oh, um, Do you Matt- like it? <laughs> Matt says, mine seems tame now, but it was a book of carols uh, around Christmas time, which the child then began to sing with no explanation, starting on page one, all 12 carols, (laughs) with no break in between (laughs) to stop her. (laughs) He says, I felt bad because she was such a shy girl and she was really brave to do it, but you've had those, haven't you, where... They just keep talking. Keep they just yeah. keep going, and you literally just cannot no. like find a, a a gap or a pause in the in what they're saying to stop them. <laughs> um, at Whistle Merlin says, um, genuinely a dead pet tarantula, and then a child's parent complained to the head that she wasn't allowed to bring in their pet to show and tell. Cue following week, <laughs> parent and child pitch upon school field with their pet horse. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's only fair, isn't it? If you're going to let one child bring their pet in, you, you've got to let everybody. Um, so at least the horse was alive, unlike the tarantula. That would have been a slightly more traumatic, I feel. Godfather vibes, yeah. <laughs> otherwise. At <laughs> uh, Miss Stanley Year 6 says, a box of worms collected that morning. They were all dried up by the time it got to afternoon show and tell. It's <laughs> oh, grim. <laughs> Abby says, a boy in my previous school once brought in a toy bullet. Turned out it was a bullet vibrator he'd found in his mum's bedroom. Needless to say, she was pretty mortified. <laughs> so that's, the, a, that's the third quite, sex toy that's been brought in for show and tell. In just, yeah, quite the, th- quite the theme going on there, isn't it? And In fact, that won't be all of them either, because I've just selected a few here. So there was, there was more. Yeah. Parents, you need... A, you need to put them somewhere a bit more well, no, that's, private. Well, there's two things, though, isn't it? Either A, the children are just allowed to rifle through the parents' drawers looking for show and tell, and B, they need a better place to hide them, don't they? 
know. let's hope it's not C where they've gone. Here, take that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show them that. Show Your teacher that. will know. Your teacher will know, but the kids won't. <laughs> Mother, show them mother's little helper. <laughs> um, at Adam James 317 says a girl brought in photos of her mum's new nose after surgery. Aww. <laughs> it's, you know, things that are relevant and important to them. <laughs> Does your mum like it? <laughs> um. Mr. Chmiel says, this was from my own school days. A boy in my class brought in a hood ornament that he had found on the street. The teacher recognised it and <laughs> sure enough, when she went to the school car park at break, hers was missing. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, at Missy Musician 81, Kate Knight. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Long time friend of the podcast. Uh, says, Grandad's dentures. Um, goodness knows what Grandad was using that day. <laughs> Seagor <laughs> tweeted and said a kid plunged his brand new phone into a bucket of water to prove it was water resistant it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> at acorn 1972 a slideshow of pictures from a frozen in brackets dead squirrel post around the child's back garden the death wasn't disclosed up front, so a slow wave of horror unfurled as we all realised we were looking at a dead squirrel. <laughs> and she's put in brackets, uh, it was the pushing a wheelbarrow shot that confirmed it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favourite one. <laughs> I want to see that picture. I want to see that picture. But pushing, uh, pushing a squirrel-sized wheelbarrow. I, that's that's the image I've got in my head, yeah, and yeah. I'm desperate a, to see it. Not an adult wheelbarrow, surely. No, no, no a yeah, a little mini wheelbarrow oh, with some like some acorns in it. In. So I'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, at Booth Alley. Unbeknownst to me, my son took his recently removed foreskin, which the doctors gave him in a jar because his brother had his tonsils taken home, so why shouldn't he? Uh, to school for show and tell, and offered to show his in situ stitches too. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favourite one. Last one. At Helen JWC. My mum's new friend came round at the weekend and he stayed in her bed. <laughs> Did she like it? <laughs> oh, some of those were fantastic. So okay, thank you so much yeah. uh, for taking the time to reply to us. Please do keep it up um, and look out for any others that we might tweet. Oh, goodness. I love that. Right, Mark. Well, you've got a tough act to follow there, I'm afraid. I know. Uh, with, your, with your famous fictional school. Uh, Breakfast Club mm. this week. Yeah. Um, take it away. So obviously last week, uh, after being in a... Um, private school in Great Britain at the turn of the century. This week, we're heading back over the pond to the United States to the fictional Shermer High School, the setting for the second greatest high school movie of all time, Breakfast Club. Second only to the TV movie Saved by the Bell, Wedding in Las Vegas. <laughs> One Saturday morning, five Shermer High pupils report to school for an all-day detention. Gathering in the school library, the assistant principal, Mr. Vernon, instructs them not to talk, move from their seats or sleep until they are finally released at 4pm. 
He also assigns the pupils an essay where they must answer the question, Who do you think you are? Legend has it, this is where the idea for the BBC's popular genealogy programme that shares the same name comes from. You know the one, the one where East End Cockney wide boy Danny Dyer discovers he's the long-lost cousin of the odorless sex-pest Prince Andrew, and Jeremy Clarkson traces a family tree full of opinionated loudmouth c**ts. <laughs> Each one of the five pupils represent what was considered to be the typical American high school stereotypes of the 80s. The bad boy, the popular girl, the jock, the nerd and the weirdo. Or criminal... Princess, Athlete, Brainbox and Basket Case, which were also originally considered as nicknames for the Spice Girls. <laughs> which one would you have been? Basket Case. <laughs> of course, the idea of throwing a bunch of disparate pupils together is not a revolutionary idea and storylines where characters with reputations to uphold and who have to go to great lengths to ensure the other pupils don't tarnish their image, is an oft-used Hollywood trope. Here are pen pictures of the five students, read like brief summaries of your many Tinder profiles, Jordan. John, (laughs) a bad boy with a penchant for fingerless leather gloves, who makes himself look tough to hide any vulnerability and fights with teachers and students without fear. Alison, a weirdo, whose boredom and loneliness makes her a recluse in the school. Claire, a popular girl who likes to wear fancy clothes, drive fancy cars and eat fancy lunches. Brian, a nerd who, due to his superior intellect, is often misunderstood by the other kids in school. And finally Andrew, who likes to wrestle men while wearing a leotard. (laughs) you recognise any of them from your Tinder profiles, Jordan? I'm a combination of Brian and Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly are. And also, hang on, let me just go back. And also, Alison, because you're a recluse in school. <laughs> we never see you. <laughs> Stay in your class all the time. It's because of COVID. I don't want to go into staff room, brother. <laughs> oh, a load of rubbish. <laughs> the pupils, having initially begun guilty of judging books by their covers, kick away the lines of the sand to come together as one as they maintain strength as a unit against the strict tyranny of Mr Vernon. This idea of five pupils who would traditionally sit in different parts of the dinner hall having each other's back is akin to the three musketeers all for one and one for all and is the film's defining glory. Understanding that high school can be tough for so many children, the five pupils come together and stand side by side in a defiant demonstration of unity which is something we don't often see in an infant school, where the children are all too ready to rat on their peers for having a bit of blue tack in their hand or for running down the corridor on their way back from the toilets. They wouldn't last five minutes in Wormwood Scrubs, where they'd have a homemade shiv rammed into their bum cheek before they could say, Mr Tomlinson, Joseph didn't close his locker. (laughs) There are numerous theories about changes that occur during our high school years. This is a significant time of change and growth often dominated by our struggle for the acceptance of our peers. At high school, we all wanted to be perceived as being cooler, smarter, prettier or funnier. We wanted to hang out with the cool boys in their Sergio Tashini tracksuit tops, but our hand-me-down Gola training top wasn't going to get us a place at the top table. 
We wanted to run with the bad boys smoking fags behind the art block, but the closest we got to ever being naughty was running through a field of wheat. And as for <laughs> hanging with the pretty girls and handsome boys, well, zits and a wispy top lip put pay to that. The pupils of Shermer High School highlight the issue of stereotypes that affects the lives of adolescents. The five pupils in the Breakfast Club are stereotyped by their peers as well as their teachers and are forced to face the question of their own identity. But in truth, no matter what our stereotype or the cliques we belong to, none of us really mattered at high school in the way we we might have hoped. Not long after we said our goodbyes, whether dressed head to toe in taffeta at the prom or burning our school ties in the quicksave car park, our impact on school was soon forgotten. And the groups we ran with, whether they were the jocks, the nerds, the cool kids, the bad boys or the weirdos, would be replaced by new versions, while we all went off to start college, or apprenticeships, or a YTS with Henry Boot. Or in the case of my friend Mad Tommy, two years at Her Majesty's pleasure for knocking over a mounted police officer with a frozen chicken. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. As teachers, it's rare we have anyone's attention for five minutes at a time, let alone 30. So thank you so much for that. Give us a follow on Twitter, at HandsUpPod. Keep an eye out for all of our posts. Uh, reply to them and we just might feature you on the podcast. And if you enjoyed it, pass it on to another teacher or another educator or just anyone else you feel might enjoy listening. And don't forget to subscribe. Give us a quick star rating if you can, or even better, leave us some feedback with your preferred podcast provider. That's all for this one. Class dismissed. I've been admiring you. Tommy, where is that a new one? It, yeah, it is. Yeah, I got it this weekend. Do you like it? 